0: So most of you, if not all of you know, um, one, of, one of my weaknesses, okay, uh, is anxiety, okay? Some of you already know this, others of you have, have talked to me about the anxiety that is occurring in your life. I never will forget uh, in Forest City, uh, when I was pastoring a, a smaller church there, We began to pray for a family because a young man uh, in our community was backing up his truck. He thought that his two-year-old son was in the truck with him, okay? And instead, the two-year-old son had gotten out and was playing with his cars beside the truck, and the father put it in reverse, backed up, and killed his own son. And it just devastated our community. And more than that, it devastated individuals who had children about that age. You can imagine um, just the anxiety that filled me as I began, I, mean, I, can, I, I will not forget, just before I would back out of the driveway, almost like just wanting to walk around the car, um, and then looking to make sure that they haven't come out of, the, out of the house to greet me or to say bye. I mean, this, it was just, it was overwhelming. And... It just drove me nuts, to be honest, because I was, I was constantly worried that something was going to happen even to my kids. There is, a, there is an artist, you, you probably never heard of his name, but he's J.H. Zorathan, okay? And he was a well-known artist uh, in, the, in the 40s. And something similar happened to him, where someone in their community had backed over a small child, and Zorath had had about four kids, and this terrified him. So much to the point that it disabled him completely. You know what I mean by disabled? Where people are afraid to function because of the anxiety that, that they are dealing with. Where they just can't they can't continue doing what they had before. So here he was, an artist, and he was so filled with anxiety, afraid that something was going to happen to his own kids, that he stopped doing anything artistic at all. I mean, his life just shut down. Now, we, this happens much more than you realize. Uh, people are filled with anxiety, so they can't go to work. Some people are filled with anxiety so much that they can't drive a car. I mean, there, there's all sorts of different types of anxiety, and it can, if we surrender to it, it can control us. And that's exactly what happened to Zorathane. He ended up living in California, and he decided, you know what? If I want to protect my kids from this happening to my kids, I need to move far out somewhere. So he bought about 12 acres of land out in the middle of nowhere. He built a playground for his kids to play, and the closest that a vehicle could get to the playground was about 50 feet. Outside of that, you had to get out of your car and walk, all because he was afraid that something was going to happen to his children, and he was going to back up over them. So he made this long driveway up to his house, and he had a garage built, and after, and he, put, he built a, a large house and, and made sure there was all these safety measures that were taken care of. I mean, he went to the extreme, just so afraid that something's going to happen to his kids. And after he'd built the house, he realized his garage still wasn't safe-proof because he still had to back out of the driveway or back out of the garage. So he called a gentleman in, a contractor to come in and wanted instead of a garage, he wanted a drive through so he'd never have to back up his vehicle. And the particular time that... The contractor was going to come out and make his garage into a drive through A heavy downpour came. And so the contractor was not able to come out and do the repairs that he wanted. And it was going to be finished at, in just a couple of days if the rain had not come. Unfortunately, since the rain did not come, the day that it would have been finished, Mr. Zorathane put his car in reverse. And one of the young kids got away from the older sister, backed out of the driveway, and he killed his own child. The very thing that had dominated his life, this fear, happened. And I share that story with you because we are all, as human beings, we all struggle with fear and anxiety, okay? And if we're not careful, it can control us. It can control us to the point that we stop doing our normal everyday activities and to the point that it controls us and we focus on nothing but that obsession. What I want to share with you this morning is, is that Scripture gives us hope that we serve a God who understands our fear, okay? Fear is a normal, normal emotion, But where it can become a sin is when we allow it to control us. And what Scripture tells us is is that we serve a God who can help us overcome our fear with our assurance, not in, I hope something doesn't happen, that type of assurance, but assurance in the fact that we serve the living God. And that no matter what we face, church, the living God is in control. So we don't put our assurance in the circumstances and trying to keep things from happening. We put our assurance in the living God. Are you following me? And so I want to share a passage of Scripture with you that deals with this. It's in Isaiah chapter 43, verses 1 through 7. So while you're finding that, let me just give you a little bit of a background. If you look at chapter 46 of Isaiah, it's... um, the easiest way to say it is it's a very judgmental chapter where God is going to judge people, okay? Judge Israel. But then when you get to verse, chapter 47, there's this shift that happens. And suddenly it goes from judging to you can have assurance in me, the living God, okay? And I think sometimes this happens even, even in our time where we acknowledge that God is the judge, but we often forget that we can have our assurance in him as well. And we need to be reminded of that. And so all through verses 1 through 7, it'll say it a couple of times as I read it, but it says, do not fear. Do not fear. Most of you know that there is a popular song out that's been out for a little while now, But it says, fear is a liar. How many of you have heard that song? Okay, And you know know why that's a popular song? Anybody know? Because everybody deals with fear. Everybody deals with it. And there is a reason why in Scripture it says over and over and over, do not fear. And you're going to see that in these seven verses. So this is what the text for this morning says. But now, this is what the Lord says. Now let me stop right there. Who is saying this? The Lord. Is it Pastor Matt? No, it is the Lord. So, but now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by my name. You are mine. This is like a love letter, you know? When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead. Since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you, I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east. And gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, who I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. And that's the end of, the, of those seven verses. One of the things I love about this is you can, you can see this passage coming alive in our time today where God is calling the Jewish people from all over back to Israel. And you can see this happening. And one of the big fears that's going on in Israel right now is of the Palestinians' attacking Israel and then people from Lebanon digging tunnels under their wall to get into Israel and then you've got everything that's happening down at the Gaza Strip where they're shooting missiles and all of this and when you think about that you think why would anybody want to go back there right does it sound like a place where woohoo let's load up take a bus and let's go to a land that everybody's wanting to conquer Any of you would want to jump in, right? No, it's not like, let's go to Hawaii, okay? And so this is happening. All these people are coming back, and the Lord's constant reminder is, hey, you have nothing to fear. In the midst of everything that's happening, you have nothing to fear, for you are my people is what God says. And he says, you who are called by my name, you have nothing to fear. And one of the things I believe is, is that this scripture not only speaks to the people of Israel, but it speaks to the global church today. Those who are called by the name of Christ. Those of us who call ourselves Christians. Those of you who are called by God's name, may you be reminded today that you do not have to fear. For you can overcome your fear with your assurance in God. And I want to share just a couple of things of how you can apply this to your life, okay? Here's the first thing I want you to remember. We need to learn from the past because learning from the past gives us the assurance we need in the present, okay? Learning from the past gives us the assurance we need in the present. So how many of you would say, God has failed you. Anybody? Nobody. So God's got a perfect record in our congregation, right? And I would probably say that he's never failed anyone in all of time. Okay? And so one of the ways the the biblical writers would, would share that we serve a God that we can put our trust in and our assurance in and that has never failed us is, they remind people of the past. So when you look at verses 1 through 7, you'll notice that the, the writer Isaiah is saying, hey, remember what God did for you in the past. So let me just break this down for you. Look at verse 2. Verse 2 says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Now those of you who are biblical scholars here, what comes to your mind when you think about a group of people walking through water? The Red Sea, right? When the Israelites left Egypt in slavery, they go and they run into the Red Sea, and God says, hold out your staff to Moses, and what happens? The Red Sea splits, and the people walk through. And so that's exactly what is happening in this passage of Scripture. Isaiah saying, hey, do you remember when the Israelites feared, oh no, the Egyptians are behind us. There's nothing but water in front of us. What are we going to do? And Moses steps up and says, don't fear today, God's going to deliver you. Listen to what the passage says. This is Exodus chapter 14, verses 16 through 17. It says, raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through on the sea on dry ground. And then it says, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so they will go in after them, and I will gain gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army through his chariots and his horsemen. And it says that when the Israelites got out of the sea, the waters came back in and destroyed the Egyptian army. And don't you know that the Israelites stood on the other side of the Red Sea, looked back and thought, why were we afraid? Look what God just did. He destroyed an entire army for his people. Why be afraid? But what do we know happens? The Israelites continue in the wilderness, and they continue to be afraid. They don't get it. Glenn and I, I think it was Glenn and I, were one time talking about the people in the Old Testament, how God does these amazing things, that if God did these amazing things today, we'd be like, oh, wow, okay, I got it, God, you know? But for some reason, in the Old Testament, the people just wouldn't get it. And God had to keep showing them miraculous signs. So Isaiah says again, okay, not only were they able to put their assurance and trust in a time of fear in God whenever they crossed the Red Sea, he says, they're also able to do it when they cross through rivers. So look down at continuing verse 2. It says, when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. So this is one of the lesser known um, splitting of the waters that that people don't often recognize. But if you look in Joshua chapter 3, the Israelites are on one side of the Jordan River. The Jordan River comes right through here, okay? The Israelites are over here and Jericho is over here. And God tells them to pass through the Jordan River. So what they do, God tells them, take the Ark of the Covenant. And I want you to go, and they're going to stand in the middle of the Jordan River. And the water will split. And as the Ark of the Covenant is there, I want the Israelites just to walk through on dry ground. And then once everyone's passed, then the Ark of the Covenant can come out. And sure enough, that's exactly what happens. Now here's what's interesting, okay? Most of you know, when I was in Israel, I got down in the Jordan River. And I can understand why they were afraid of it sweeping them by. Uh, I was baptizing some people in the Jordan River, and they had steps that went down. And I stepped on the first one, and then I stepped on the second one, and then I went down for the third one, and there was no third step. And I tried to touch the bottom, and I could not touch the bottom, Okay. And so somebody told me later that they said it was 13 feet deep there. Now, can you imagine having a group of uh, Israelites with you, and you've got to cross this deep river, knowing that not all of them could swim, right? I I mean, in a group of this size, there's people in here, I'm sure, who cannot swim. Imagine having a large group of people with you, And their fear is going to be walking into that river and being swept away, right? Being swept away and being gone. But listen to what God says. He says, when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. You have nothing to fear. So now, there's two occasions where Isaiah is reminding the people of Why do you fear? Because we have a God who in the past has split the Red the Red Sea, split the Jordans, okay, the Jordan River. But just in case you still don't want to put all of your trust in this God who can do amazing things, let me remind you of something else in the past that God has done. And look at verse two again. And it says, When you walk through the fire, you will not be burnt. Now, what does that, story remind, that one line remind you? What story? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Remember, they would not bow down to the king. And so the king grabs his soldiers and says, throw them into the furnace. And he, and he, he makes the furnace even stronger than it's ever been. It is so strong that as the soldiers are putting in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it kills them. And this says that they get in there and they're walking around in the midst of this burning, blazing furnace. And they're just walking around. He says, King Nebuchadnezzar says he looks and he sees four men just kind of walking in a circle. Now, wouldn't that blow your mind? Okay? This is not like what you see these, these men who've lost their minds and they've got hot coals on the ground and they have to run across it barefooted. You know what I'm talking about? That is not what's happening here. This is a furnace. They're inside of it. And they're walking around, the three of them, and King Nebuchadnezzar looks in and he says, wait a minute, didn't we throw three in? Why is there four? And there were four men walking around. Who is the fourth? It's God, right? Walking around with them. Now, isn't that something where a little bit later on in Scripture, it says, when you go through things, don't worry, for I will be with you. So here we have Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the midst of the fire, and God is with them. Whenever you have the splitting of the Jordan River... The Ark of the Covenant was right there in the middle. What was the Ark of the Covenant? What did it represent? The presence of God. So, there again, you see God with them in the midst of their fear. Okay? And so, God delivers Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When they step out, it says nothing on them had been burnt, not even their hair. And so, when you read verse 2, where it says, When you walk through the fire, you will not be burnt. That is an immediate, an immediate reminder of the goodness of God who walked with the people through a fearful time. But why do they need to fear? See, one of the the things that we often have to do whenever we feel ourselves overcome with anxiety and fear is remind ourselves of not what could happen, but remind ourselves of what God has done in the past. Do you hear me? Fear and anxiety are fueled by what could happen instead of being reminded of the one who has been faithful in the past. So here's my question to you. Has God ever failed you? And you said no. We serve a God who has 100% perfect rating on being with us in the midst of difficult times, 100%, yet we continue to live in fear. So not only do we need to remind ourselves of God's faithfulness in the past, I also want to remind you of the fact that when you are in the midst of fear and anxiety, you're not in it alone, for God is with you, okay? God is with you. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Well, God's rod and staff can't comfort us unless God himself is there with us in the valley of the shadow of death. And so, when we read this passage, I want to just, I want to affirm something, okay? That we serve a God who loves us so much that he is willing to, to walk through the most dangerous things that we face and he is right there with us and he will not leave us and he will not forsake us. Listen to these words of of, of God of God explain to us just how much he loves us. If you look in verse 1 it says, Fear not for I have redeemed you. Also in verse 1 it says, I have summoned you by my name You are mine. You are mine. Verse 2. God says, I will be with you. Verse 3. For I am the Lord your God, your Savior. Verse 4. You are precious and honored in my sight. Also in verse 4, one of the most powerful statements there is, he says... I love you. And then verse 5, he says, Do not be afraid, for I am with you. Sometimes I wonder, what would the artist Zoraethon, how would his life have been different if he would have put his trust in God in the midst of his fear of something happening to his kids, instead of fearing the unknown or what could happen. I wonder how his life would have been different. I can assure you one thing. If his trust was in God, his fear would not control him. And I guarantee you that his life would have looked totally different and he would have lived at peace. He'd have been in peace. Church... I've already said, fear and anxiety is something everybody deals with. Everybody deals with. And God knows everybody deals with it, and that's why he says over and over, do not fear. But the question that remains is whether or not we're going to surrender to our fear or we're going to surrender to our Savior. Because that's the only place we find true peace. Is saying, Lord, I'm tired of worrying about dot, dot, dot. My kids, my parents, my work, my bills, my house. Worry, worry, worry. And it just keeps us up at night. When God says, hey, just give it all to me. Just give it all to me. Give me your burdens. My yoke is easy and my burden is light, is what God says. So I'm going to ask Pastor Thomas to come up and Matt, I believe, They're going to sing a song. And what I want you to do as they sing this song is I want you to just close your eyes. I want to open up the altar as always for those of you that want to surrender your fear to the Lord and say, no more will I allow fear to control me, but I'm giving it to the Lord. Whatever that may be. Perhaps there's some of you here today that thinking to yourself, you know what? How can I put my trust in someone whom I've never surrendered to my life to? Maybe you want to begin by doing that today and say, you know what? I want to give my life to Christ. I want to trust in Christ. And so I invite you to come and pray and ask Christ to be your Savior. But I will be up here for anybody that wants to come and pray and speak to the Lord. But if you would, go ahead, everyone, close their eyes. Let me begin to pray. Father, at this moment, as we respond to you, as you remind us of our fears, remind us, Lord, that you are our deliverer. Lord, remind us that we do not have to be consumed with fear when you offer us peace. Lord, help us to surrender these things to you. In Christ's name I pray.